Welcome to Totally Tel Aviv, presented by Citizen Cafe, where we take you inside the lives of Tel Avivians from all walks of life. Now here's your host, Josh Hoffman. Hello and welcome inside our studios here at Rise Tel Aviv for another episode of Totally Tel Aviv presented by Citizen Cafe. I'm your host, Josh Hoffman. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to be glad you did because today we are joined by the co-founder of Fluent TLV, Miss Jessica Tolchin. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. So you were born in the United States. But yes. you grew up in Belgium. Yes. And you now have lived in Tel Aviv for about seven years. You moved here when you were 18. Exactly. I just gave away your age. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, these days, you are leading together with a variety of people a social startup, and I love that term, social startup, called Fluent TLV. You aim to impact the way people learn languages in society. You think that languages can play a significant and an impactful part in how people ultimately come together and learn about each other, especially if they come from different cultures and parts of the world. So Definitely. tell us, first and foremost, why you came to Tel Aviv in the first place seven years ago. So one of the main things that attracted me in Tel Aviv is some kind of freedom, uh, you know, that you can basically be who you want to be in Tel Aviv. I always had this feeling that you can go out on the street in Tel Aviv in pajama, it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, and you're going to find your place here. And that's one of the main things I, I, that attracted me here because where I came from, I, I felt that there was a lot of judging, that there was a lot of rules, you know, society putting you in s- certain categories. And I love in Tel Aviv that I feel that there are so many different people and so much di- diversity that basically everyone can find their own place. So you came here when you were 18, like I said. You did the army, correct? Yeah, so th- that's not the only reason I came to Israel if, or, you know, Obviously, there was a strong connection I had with Israel, and I always wanted to move here also because I felt at home here. But if you ask me specifically about Tel Aviv, I think that's the main So take me through the timeline. You come here, you do the army. After the army, what's next? Um, I did the army, and then actually after the army, like every Israeli after the army, I went traveling. Uh, I went to South America, and that trip really changed my life because... During that trip, I also learned two new languages. I also started speaking one of these languages that I learned at high school but never actually used, which is ridiculous, which is Dutch. And the whole uh, learning and, and communicating, with pe- communicating with people from all over the world in different languages really changed my way of, of seeing learning languages and, and how it can impact your life. And after that trip, I had a feeling that I had to do something that, has to, that had to do with languages. How many languages do you know today? Um, well, you know, it's a tricky question. Whoever you're going to ask that's, that considers himself so, some kind of a polyglot, I don't even know what the exact definition of a polyglot is. But anyways, I have four languages I know really well, two languages I know pretty well, and I'm currently learning Arabic. <laughs> it's not easy, but I'm on my way there. Okay, so take me through the point in your life, which I believe was pretty recently, where you finally said to yourself, not only do I know a lot of languages and I enjoy learning languages and speaking languages and traveling and getting to know people through their native mm-hmm. language, at what point did you say, this is something that I need to take more seriously in terms of profession or a career? And at what point did kind of the light go off in your mind where you're like, fluent Tel Aviv has to happen? Mm-hmm. So we, we started this with uh, my two associates, uh, Willie Heyman and uh, Fabricio. 
And basically, we started with meetings. Uh, we didn't organize in advance, and we didn't have the whole idea in advance of what we were going to do. But we started uh, organizing meetings of people, bringing people together, and enabling them to practice languages with native speakers. We realized it's something that people are really looking for, and with our experience and with our values and what we believe this could really bring in, in to society and improve the world we basically at that point decided okay we need to make this something serious we need we need to put all of the effort we have into this project and see if we can take it to the next level take me through the evolution of fluent tov in terms of what you thought it was going to be as you were mm -hmm. building it to what it became when it first launched to what it is today so uh at start it was very simple we said okay a lot of people are trying to learn languages and are failing, okay? Not because they're stupid, that's one of the main problems also, is that there's some kind of myth about learning languages that it's only for the smart people, you know? The ones who grew up with a few languages, the ones who have intellectual parents, or etc. And it's not true. So we see a lot of, we, we saw a lot of people around us um, paying a lot of money for courses, um, you know, spending time at Ulpan, the, the um, the public ulpan, or all kinds of techniques and being very frustrated because they're not able in the end to have basic conversations with people. Uh, and what we believe was missing in all of this uh, is first of all the, the proactive part. You know that often people are just served the language or whatever they're taught. They're served right, like on a, a you know, just come and learn and, and not, they're not initiating interest um, among the students first. And also that they're missing the actual, you know, meeting people, living the language, the, the actual like using it out there in the shetach, you say in Hebrew, in the, in the field. Um, so that's why we started doing what we're doing. So we said, okay, let's organize a meeting. We're going to bring people together and we're going to divide this place in tables. And at every table, we're going to practice a different language. And in every language, people will have the possibility to practice with native speakers, with people from those countries. And that's how we develop the concept of ambassadors, which are people who basically uh, volunteer to help others practice their own native language languages for half of the night and so the concept that we created was that for half of the night they do that but then for the second half they can stay go, still go and practice other languages and so we switch in the middle and have a second shift of ambassadors replace the first shift that way everyone gets what they want and so that was the first part and uh eventually what was at the beginning a concept and worked really well from the beginning became a real community and today we have a community of more than a thousand even up to 2,000 people uh, who meet on a weekly basis, come back to events, uh, and just have fun meeting every Saturday night because they all come with their, the same mind of learning languages, of connecting, of multiculturalism. And it became some kind of a family, although a big family, but people know each other. People create connections they wouldn't create in another uh, situation. And it, it's really a community today. So I went to one of your events recently. I was extremely impressed. And to me, what was so interesting is not only was it totally organized and professional, which is not always the case here in Israel sometimes, but the variety of languages. I mean, clearly you're going to get English, you're going to get Hebrew, you're going to get Arabic. 
You know, okay, then we go maybe to the second tier of French, Russian, mm -hmm. you know, you had Spanish, I think you had Italian. I mean, how many languages currently at your events are you providing to your audience? So this is one of the, the strengths, I think, of our events is that you can come and you can basically jump from one table to the other and end up practicing seven, eight languages if you want to. We have 12 uh, constant languages, which are the languages you can guess, you know, uh, Hebrew, English, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, Russian, Arabic, German, Chinese, Japanese. I missed a few, but 12 constant languages. And every event, we add a few special, we call them special languages, uh, just in, because they're more rare languages. So we have sign language. We had quite a few times Israeli sign language with a really amazing uh, person called who comes and, and teaches people sign language. We had uh, Amharic table, which is language of Eritrea, of, sorry, of the Ethiopian community. We had also Tigrinya table, which is language of the Eritrean community. Wow. We have Danish, we had Romanian, we had Hungarian. So those are the special languages we had. Amazing. So let's talk about learning languages, because it seems to me that whether or not you want to admit to yourself mm -hmm. or to us, you're a bit humble. You're kind of a professional in learning languages. So tell me, first of all, what are a few things that you think are the biggest myths about learning a new language? So one of them is uh, the fact that it's only for smart people. I really, really want to put the accent on that because I think a lot of people, you know, you speak to them about learning languages right away. They're like, oh, I wish I could speak Italian, but no, it's not for me. And why, you know? Everyone can learn a language. Yes, it's true. If you're a kid, it's going to be easier. And certain, you know, if you grew up with a few languages, it's, you know, proved it's going to be easier. But everyone can do it. Right. And what you need to do is, first of all, find the entrance, interest, you know. What is going to be interesting for you to learn a language? If you just want to learn Italian, to learn Italian, and you, you're no, you don't have a context around it, and you're just going to pay uh, thousands of shekels for a course and expect someone to teach you, you're probably not going to be speaking Italian in the end. Let's, you know, tell the truth about it. But if you love music and you start searching for Italian music and you start falling in love with some artists and bands and you start learning language through the music, then all of a sudden you're going to have an interest. You want to understand this music. This is what you love. What we do at Fluent TLV is we try to create this interest through the native speaker that you, you meet. So when you come to the Chinese table and there are Chinese ambassadors there, and you're, you want to communicate with these people. So basically, you have these new friends, and the only way you're going to be able to communicate with them is if you learn their native language. And that's how we try to create the interest. And I actually think it's something that could help a lot in general language learning, because think about kids who learn at high school. Did you learn a language at high school? Yeah, I learned Spanish. Do you speak Spanish? I don't anymore. Okay. Did you speak Spanish? Did you actually... Could you actually have a... So, so it's funny that you said that... Uh, when I was really, really young, uh -huh. we had kind of like a live-in nanny who was, uh, I think, Venezuelan or Guatemalan or something. And I don't remember this because I was so young, but apparently yeah. I only spoke Spanish to her because I learned in the context, which I wanted to ask you as well, seems to me like a, a, a big, and, and you kind of touched on it already, of, of not just going to class and kind of reading out of the textbook and being uh -huh. taught, but wanting to immerse yourself and wanting to apply it in the field, as mm -hmm. you said. When you apply it, you learn a lot faster than just studying no cards or out exactly. of a textbook. But then when I did learn out of a textbook in high school, yeah. didn't speak or learn or really do anything with the language. So I can totally understand where you're coming from. So exactly. And the fact that you had that person at home is probably what, you know, gave you the interest of learning the language. Now, 
why I was speaking about this because often kids learn at high school languages, but they don't understand why they're learning these languages. So, for example, I was I grew up in Belgium and learned Dutch, Flemish at school. I came to class every day and had a teacher teach me Flemish. No one, we never actually spoke of why we're learning this language. Like, who is it connected to? In Belgium, half of the of the country are Dutch native speakers. We never actually spoke of this context, you know, of like the may uh, the disagreements that we have between French speaking and Dutch people. Why we want to speak Dutch people? If our teacher would have brought into our class a group of 10, 12 uh, Dutch native speakers from another school and we would have some kind of contact with them during the classes, that would have changed our world completely and we would have understood why we're learning this language. The only second I started understanding why I actually learned Dutch and why I wasn't like losing my time there is when I traveled to South Africa, was working in a hostel and I met people from Holland. I was like, wow, I want to speak with them. So that's what's missing. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need rules you know in the end you kind of need the grammar rules you kind of need the the you know system of how a language works in general if you want to uh, be precise and if you don't want to not do mistakes but that needs to come once you have the reason you want to bring it in you know that's a good point so if you're you have this person you want to tell him what you did last yesterday then you're going to learn the past because you need it in that moment right or if you're going to go to the supermarket and to buy food then you want to learn how to say the fruits but if you go to a class and i teach you here's the list of fruits in hebrew and you're not actually using it for in any context the next day you're going to forget the whole list and it's completely useless exactly no you're totally right and i think you know, one of the reasons that you know, us at Citizen Cafe, we really like what you guys are doing at Fluent TLV is because it's an opportunity for our students to take what they're learning in class and to go and apply it in the field, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to use your words. And I think the social aspect that your events provide to me is invaluable because it's like you said, it's an opportunity to apply it in real situations and not in only theoretical situations, whether it's, you know, a list of vegetables that you have to know the names of or yeah. whatever. But if you actually go to the market, or the shuk or whatever, mm-hmm. and you go and you, you, you ask the guy, the, the salesperson, hey, I want, you know, the tapuchim or whatever yeah. it is, mm-hmm. that's going to ultimately resonate with you a lot more than just memorizing a list of words out of a textbook or whatever. And likewise, I was one of the Citizen Cafe's classes, and a few actually, and I was really impressed by the way things are taught because I think that what they really do is create the interest among the students and the learning is proactive and the students are, you know, first challenged with the subjects they're learning and then they're taught, but it's not just come and and I'll teach you, you know? And besides that, what is really important for me to... uh, put the accent on is that so all these things we're doing we really believe in in the change that we need to bring to language learning but besides that we really uh, experience ourselves in our lives when I say we I'm saying me and my partners uh, what happens to you when you learn a, a different language and it's more than just being able to communicate in a different language it's it completely affects your brain and the way your your mindset and the way you see that other culture when you learn the language of that other culture and everyone's going to tell you when you travel if you travel in argentina knowing spanish and if you travel in argentina not knowing spanish your experience is going to be completely different and i'm speaking of a of in in a deep way that you're going to be able to connect really with the culture and with the people there and what we try to create at fluent tlv is the opportunity uh for people to connect uh, beyond borders, you know, not to start themselves to cat- categories and to borders and to learn these different languages from different people because we believe that that can 
seriously make this world a better place. The more people will know languages, the more people will connect and, and communicate and understand and be able to put themselves in the shoes of a different person, the more they'll understand that we're not different, that most of us are pretty similar and that there's no reason to have prejudice, have stereotypes or hate between people. First of all, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> totally agree. But back to what you were saying just about learning the culture, that's why I love Hebrew so much. Mm -hmm. Because, and it's something that we preach all the time here at Citizen Cafe, is Hebrew is not just a way to communicate with the local people here in Tel Aviv and Israel, but it's truly a way to integrate yourself and immerse yourself into the Israeli society and even the Tel Avivian culture, you know, uh, to truly understand and ultimately enjoy it and experience it at a much deeper level. Definitely. And also to what you were saying about just breaking down borders literally uh and, and and not so literally in terms of getting people to to know each other from a from a deeper standpoint no question that this world needs a little bit more of that as well definitely so tell us now you know you told us where you came from in terms of fluent tlv where you're at today what's the vision what's the future um the future is to grow with our community our dream is to have the biggest community ever of language learners, of people who, who share the same vision as us, that language learning and languages in general is a tool to make this world a better place and to connect more people. Our overall goal is to have more people know more languages, more people connect and make this world a, a more comprehensive and tolerant place. So I know it, it seems pretty, you know, idealistic. Well, first of all, I think, you know, I'm really not embarrassed of being idealistic. I think that, you know, if we're not, then who's going to be? True. Uh, and someone needs to be idealistic in this world. Um, and also, I don't think that it's uh, naive, you know? Like, I don't think you should mix up idealistic with, with naive because we see that it's happening. We have this community of people who believe in what we believe. Um, not Maybe not everyone comes to our events with the same uh, idealistic goal, but it, it's what happens, you know, because in some kind of way, when people come to our events, they put their, their guards down, they leave their categories be, what it, like outside, they join the Spanish table, and at that Spanish table, you're going to have Arab Israelis and people from India and uh, Jews who just immigrated to Israel and Christians from Denmark and you know, all these people who are completely different, who have complete different political views, practicing Spanish. And the accent is on the learning languages, is on the connecting. It's not on what makes the difference, on what divides between us. Very cool. So tell us, how can people learn more about Fluent TLB? Um, very simple Facebook our website so our website is uh, fluentlv.com very simple and Facebook page fluentlv all the updates on all our coming events will be there and, and this year we're actually planning on doing more events uh, where our goal is to get to have two events a week we're also going to have an event that is called music and languages with concerts in different languages we had the first edition last year we're going to have another one of these uh, we have a lot of other surprises and, and projects uh, for the future we hope to have also so more cooperations with citizen cafe because i think we have a lot of you know values in common absolutely and just for the record so people know it's f-l-u-e-n-t-l-v that's the proper spelling for one t one t <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Tel Aviv a little bit, because this is totally Tel Aviv, the podcast. Sure. What's one thing you thought about Tel Aviv before you came that you have since realized is not true? Um, that's an interesting question. 
I think that, uh, well, the way I saw Tel Aviv, like I told you, is a very free place, very diverse, where you have all kinds of colors, cultures, people, languages. What's interesting, though, is that um, now that I live here, and for quite a few years, you realize that even though you have people from all over the world, people often end up staying with their own cliques. Does that word exist in English? Yeah, click? definitely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I just check. Um, like, for example, you have a lot of uh, French-speaking people who are going to come to Israel, and they want to assimilate and everything, but they end up staying with the same French-speaking community. Or just, you know, immigrants, new immigrants end up staying between new immigrants and don't know much Israelis. Uh, Argentinians, same thing. In the end, the Arab-Israeli population in Israel often uh, in Tel Aviv stays between themselves. I, I studied that at the Tel Aviv University and there's this very strong separation between uh, Arab students and the Israeli Jewish students, you know? So it's not something that you have them all together in the same place, but it doesn't mean that people are actually connecting. And that's something that uh, I didn't realize before I came. And it's also something that pushed me to, to do what we're doing at Fluent TLV because in the end, we're creating this place where people can connect. What would you say is your favorite thing about Tel Aviv? I'm kind of speaking of the same things all the time, but I would say, again, diversity, the fact that you could be who you want and no one's going to judge you. And what about your least favorite thing? Ooh, um, I think that, um, but I don't know if it's especially about, does it have to be especially about Tel Aviv or can it be an is about Israel in general? It can be about Israel if you want. So uh, I feel that uh, people are pretty defensive here sometimes and you kind of have to understand that to get a, get around here, you know? You kind of need to understand that whenever you, you have a situation in the street or anywhere with someone, people are first going to be defensive and then if you go through that, you'll get that they're not that bad, you know? But like there is uh, some kind of stress in the street here that I, I didn't see before. How would you describe Tel Aviv in one word? Um, exciting, diversity. What's one thing in or about Tel Aviv that you've never experienced in any other city? You never know what to expect. You never know what the next thing is going to be. There's always someone waiting. You know, you're out with friends. All of a sudden, you meet this other person. Something crazy happens. You end up in another place. Always something new happening. Exciting. What's your favorite restaurant in Tel Aviv? Mm, um, so we're actually advertising here, huh? So I'm very, very happy to advertise for Rustico. I love Rustico. And what's your favorite local food? Um, wow, I don't know. I don't know if we would you would call it a local food, but I love the juices, <laughs> the the fresh uh, squeeze juices that they have on every corner in Tel Aviv. All right, let's play a little game of this or that. Okay. Arak or Gold Star? Gold Star. Falafel or hummus? Hummus. Sabih or jachnun? Ooh, I don't really like any of them. <laughs> Florentine or the Old North? The Old North. What's your favorite Hebrew word or saying? Sababa. No, you, come on. That's but the most cliche. It's a cliche. really good one. First of all, it's not Hebrew. True. You're, that's true. Okay, then let me think for a second. Maybe tachles? Like an expression? Let me think of it for a no, second. No, tachles is good. That's my favorite word. Yeah? Personally. Yeah. No, line, I yeah. need to be original. Um... 
Stam. I like, you know what I like in Hebrew is those words that don't have translation to other words. So Stam is one of them. Another one, actually, that I still didn't find the exact translation to another language is Lefargen. Good point, good point. Uh, do you have a favorite Israeli brand? No, not really. I'm not really good with brands in general. What's your favorite Israeli musician or band? Oh, uh, a lot. I, I love, I like Balkan Beatbox. Uh, I love Idan Reichel, like Dudu Tassa, quite a lot. <laughs> What's your best advice specifically for new Hebrew speakers? Um, there are a lot, but I think that the main thing is to understand that you're going to go through, and that's in general, I think, for people who learn languages, that you're going to go through a period where you're going to look stupid and just accept it. The faster you're going to accept it, the faster you're going to learn the language. And just get yourself out there. Speak. You're going to do mistakes. The goal is to do as many mistakes as you can. That's how you're going to learn as fast as you can. Make people speak Hebrew to you. Don't let them speak English to you. Just get yourself out there and start speaking. When you're not working, when you're not growing the Fluent TLV brand, where can we find you and Community. what will you be doing? <laughs> uh, playing rugby, actually. Very interesting. Yeah, by the way, we have a really, really cool uh, women's team. Uh, in general, women's rugby in Israel is growing, and whoever wants is welcome to join. It's a really amazing sport. What's the one thing that you're most excited about today? I'm excited about being here and, and starting to cooperate with Citizen Cafe, seriously. And I'm excited because uh, we have uh, our coming event this Saturday night at a new place at Zuzu. And I'm excited to see how it turns out. Well, good luck with Fluent TLV. Sounds awesome. And uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Jeff. Discover the real Israeli Hebrew that will get you feeling and sounding like a local. At Citizen Cafe, we use a fresh, dynamic, and highly effective approach while bringing much-needed light and laughter to learning spoken everyday Hebrew. Join our community of students in the heart of Tel Aviv's startup scene with intimate classes that revolve around your schedule so you can gain confidence in your Hebrew and apply it in the real world. To check out our course schedule, head over to citizencafetlv.com.